Who are our favorite wide receiver and tight end plays for week 18 of the NFL season and fantasy football? And who do we fade? And do we trust some of these backups that are going to be in action with players resting? It's time to break it down as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. We're your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league year-round, whether in-season, out-of-season. We're going to help you dominate and get ready to be awesome in your leagues and DFS, and we'll make you the smartest player in your league all the time. And uh, we're proud to continue to bring you analysis here through week 18. I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for sportingnews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. As we mentioned yesterday, Michelle, with our running back and quarterback rankings, things are a little bit wonky this week. We hear more news about more quarterbacks that are coming out of the woodwork to start. We have Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold. Jeff Driscoll is out there this week. So it's getting crazy. Blaine Gabbard is starting for the Chiefs. So, yeah, it's a little weird out there, we know. But there's a lot of teams playing for stuff, and those are mainly the teams we're looking for, right, in looking at the best plays at wide receiver and tight end, just like we do with running back and quarterback. We'll get into all those here in a moment on the show. And, I think the biggest thing here, Michelle, is just finding guys that are going to be motivated in the right matchups to come through. And I think you have three pretty good choices at wide receiver that your favorite plays of the week. Yeah, that's such a big play of fantasy this week, right? The narrative base. How much are these guys really going to be putting it all out for their team? So my first guy is Nico Collins for the Texans. I mean, obviously this game is one of the biggest of the week. You, The winner goes to the playoffs, yeah. the loser stays home. So huge for both the Colts and the Texans. But I, I talked about yesterday, I think Stroud's going to have a really big game. And if Stroud has a really big game, I think that means Nico Collins is going to have a really big game, right? So the two games without Stroud, it was really, I mean, it was just terrible for Houston altogether, right? But the one game that Collins played without Stroud, 18 receiving yards. But as soon as Stroud came back, 80 receiving yards again, seven receptions. The two games prior with Stroud was 191 and a touchdown and 104 yards and a touchdown. So two huge games before Stroud's injury there. And I think it's going to happen again in this nice matchup against the Colts. I think both Stroud, Collins, Singletary, and Schultz should all have nice games here. My next one's it's going to be tricky, right? He can he can give you zero points or he can go off. It's Gabe Davis. I had to mention him one last time for the 2023 season because I don't know if he's going to be a fantasy option next year, right? So I had to mention him. But going up in this matchup against the Dolphins, another absolutely massive matchup this week for the NFL. But the Bills are going to have to get their passing game going before the playoffs here. And Gabe, right now, Stephon Diggs, it's not happening with him, right? Teams are really focusing in on stopping Stephon Diggs. A lot of shorter targets. He's not able to get open intermediate or deep because of how much focus they're putting on. Gabe Davis is going to have to step up big time in this game. And we know he can get those deep 
uh, passes. And the Dolphins defense against winning teams this year are allowing a league high 139.5 passer rating to winning teams, over 35 points per game, a 74 completion percentage, second worst in the league, and 9.4 pass yards per attempt, which is last in the league. So they've been atrocious against winning teams this year, the passing defense. So I expect Dave Davis to have a really nice matchup here. And then lastly, a little bit riskier, DJ Chark against the Buccaneers. Love the matchup for him. He's a little banged up, so just keep an eye on his practice report. But Bucks have allowed the second most receiving yards to wide receivers this season. And the last weeks, Chark has been a lot more involved, right? You have Mingo on IR. But last week, six targets. Now it turned into one reception for 18 yards. But the week prior, Eight targets, that turned into 98 yards and two touchdowns. In this matchup, if he gets six to eight targets, I think he has a really nice game. Yeah, I think your choices are really spot on in this uh, group here. Now, I will give you some more food for thought and also to support your picks, Michelle. Don't forget, Gabe Davis is probably going to see our favorite corner, Eli Apple, this week. Uh, That's going to be good because Jalen Ramsey is going to be on Stefan Diggs for the most part. I think they're going to Try to shadow in. I know he plays on a different side, but I would expect, why wouldn't you put Jalen Ramsey on Stefan Diggs in this game? Take him out just like a lot of these other teams are doing. So Eli Apple, Gabe Davis, that's a one-sided matchup here. I do have a prediction for where Gabe Davis is going to land, and I think we're going to like it next year. I think he's going to go to Kansas City and be the deep threat that they really need there. And this is going to cause a lot of consternation with Bills fans because they'll have to now see him on the other side in big games. But He needs to get to a better team that's going to use him better as a deep threat. And look, it's not been all that great for him, but this matchup is smashable for sure with the Dolphins. And he should get a lot of targets in this one. DJ Chark, the other thing that is uh, at play here is Jonathan Mingo has been shut down. So there's no Mingo. So if Chark is out there, then you figure he's going to get a healthy dose of targets against the Buccaneers. The question is, are we going to see him from week 16 or week 17? But the upside is there. And I, I think you look at it and look, the Panthers have nothing to lose. So might as well just keep throwing to these guys and see what happens. So I love your picks there. Now, I think you'll probably like some of mine. One guy I'm not 100% sure of, but I think you'll be on board with Brandon Cooks. This is a great matchup against the Commanders. We know what Cooks can do in a lot of games, and he's been pretty solid, right? I mean, C.D. Lamb is like Stefan Diggs, but he's getting open all the time and making big plays. And there's a little bit of a trickle down, right? And really, you haven't seen any of these other receivers, uh, whether it's of Michael Gallup or anyone else, or just getting these guys, Jalen Tolbert. You don't really see any of those guys getting involved. It's pretty much three receivers here, right? Uh, C.D. Lamb, Jake Ferguson, and Brandon Cooks. And Cooks is the type of guy that can drive the commander secondary nuts. He's speed E. He's quick. He can get open all over the field. So I do love this, and I think the Cowboys are going to roll the commanders, knowing that they can win the very competitive NFC East with this win. Now, the next guy I have is DeAndre Hopkins. This guy is going for some incentives, Michelle. We talked about a little bit. I think they're going to make it a point. And they're very modest incentives. I think he only has to get like 70 yards and five catches or something. But look, we'll take that, right? He's been so up and down for the season. And you probably have Ryan Tannehill out there. So at least Tannehill is going to probably get DeAndre Hopkins open. We know the matchup against the Jaguars is pretty good. Their secondary has struggled all the time they can play some zone which is going to help deandre hopkins he can beat that and get open so i think deandre hopkins has one final big game we'll see if this is his last game for tennessee or last game in the nfl we'll see i mean it's been an injury riddled kind of end here to his career so we'll see if that plays out and the guy 
I had to mention him this week because I love what he did for me last week. Greg Dortch. He came through for me. I just needed a wide receiver three to be decent. Okay. When I had Puka Naku on my team, I just needed a decent wide receiver three. Dortch did what he was supposed to do. Catch the key targets that were there. Help the Cardinals beat the Eagles. And now they get the Seahawks. The Seahawks secondary struggled. And I really like the chemistry between Kyler Murray and Greg Dortch. I think Dortch could have a big year next year because look, they're probably go Trey McBride, Dortch. They're not going to re-sign Marquise Hollywood Brown. So there's no way they want to get rid of Dortch. He's been very reliable in both offenses for Kyler Murray when he's gotten the chance. So I think he has one more nice game here against the Seahawks. So you might disagree with one, one and a half of those, but uh, look, we got to dig a little bit deeper this week. What's nice about what's nice about the Cowboys game is that they probably have to play their starters for at least the majority of the game, unless they just start blowing them that them out because the, the, the division is on the line and you have the Eagles playing that the same exact time. So unless you see the Eagles are getting smoked or something, which I don't think is going to happen against the Giants, Cowboys have to keep their starters out there and try to win this game. So that's great for all of these weapons, Dak and CD and Brandon Cooks. And like you said, it's just a great matchup. We'll see with DeAndre Hopkins. He's so up and down. I can't predict anything with that man. And Greg Dorch, that's a good pick there. He's solid, right? He's just a solid player that you know won't disappoint you too much. Nice matchup. We expect this to be a high-scoring game, so I like it. One guy I am fading this week because I expect this game to be a very, very low-scoring matchup is Garrett Wilson against the Patriots. Mm. Neither the Jets or Patriots have anything to care about in this game. And hopefully this is Garrett Wilson's last game where we have to be sad about him, right? I brought up how many targets he's seeing this year. Hopefully next year we get to go into the season with him having a real quarterback. But unfortunately, he still is left with no real quarterback right now, even if it's Zach Wilson. He's had 25 targets over the last two weeks, 10 targets last week. It turned into five receptions, 50 yards. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week 12. Last game against the Patriots early on in the season, he had nine targets. They ended in five receptions, 48 yards. Just he's not doing anything because of the quarterbacks last year in uh, in New England had an atrocious game. I expect Bill Belichick to shut down Garrett Wilson, and I want no part of him this week. Yeah, he's the easy guy to take out of the game. It's really hard to take Brees Hall out of the game because he's so versatile and you can do different things with him. If he's not running well, you can throw it to him in the backfield, get some open space for him. But you really can't do that. If they're intent on taking away Garrett Wilson, they're going to do it because there's nobody else. I mean, all these guys that they try to shuffle in, what a joke. I mean, Al Lazard and Randall Cobb and these guys who couldn't get anything done here, go get a legitimate number two for Garrett Wilson and they had one kind of with Corey Davis, but he got hurt. So, and then he retired. So they need to find a guy that can replace that spot and really be a number two next year. So that's important. Now we mentioned my guy, so I won't spend too much time on him is Stefan Diggs. I mean, his numbers since week six, that's his last 100 yard game, Michelle. Somehow he's over a thousand for the season and has a hundred receptions. So if you have a PPR, you're somewhat okay, but you drafted him really high in the first round, right? This is not what you're looking for. You're looking for double-digit touchdowns. You're looking for 1,300, 1,400 yards. You're looking for 120 catches. Yeah. You're not getting any of that. If he didn't have that early stretch, he would be a total bust this year, Michelle. He's been just bad over the last several games. He has one game over 70 yards in the last seven. So that's not very good at all. So yeah, you got to fade him. I don't know what's wrong. There's something off between him and Josh Allen. They were best buds. Maybe they had a falling out. Something weird. And the play caller, Joe Brady, is not 
really forcing it to digs the way that Josh Allen was before with Ken Dorsey. So all those things considered, all things point to. I don't love digs. I mean, we still keep ranking him inside the top 20. I think yeah. we're just scared they will have that big game. But look, you probably have to play him in certain situations, but it's just been ugly. Yeah, it's what I almost listed him exactly here as my one fate of the week. Uh, yeah. I'm happy that you were brave enough to do it. It's like you can see him having a monster game and this super big performance, but you made a great point. Since uh, Joe Brady became the OC, that's like they're not forcing the ball to digs and Allen's not having as many turnovers and they're running the ball more and they're just being a little bit safer with the ball because that was pretty much all that was the only thing that was hurting them for they yeah. were scoring points. It was all the turnovers that were killing them. So they've gone away from that, and that's what that's what makes me think it's not going to be fixed this week, uh, especially if Ramsey is covering him for most of the game. So I'm with you there. We're going to get into our favorite fades and favorite tight ends of the week for Week 18 right after we talk about one of our great sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever find that just as you're trying to fall asleep, your brain suddenly won't stop talking? Do your thoughts start racing right before bed or at other inopportune moments? It turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. Therapy gives you a place to do that as you can get out, get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. Give online therapy a try at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn and get on your way to your best self. The tight ends this week, Vinny are not ideal. I'll say that. Uh, you have your top guys and some of them may be resting or or whatnot, but trying to find guys in the middle of the pack here you're, where you're considering is not super easy. So who are your two top favorite tight ends this week, not considering the top guys like Trey McBride or Sam LaPorta or those type of players? Yeah, those are the top guys because there's going to be no Travis Kelsey. There's going to be no George Kittle. There's going to be no Isaiah Likely, no David Njoku. So all these guys that we've trusted – all season long are, are just not there. So it's it's hard. It's a hard position for sure this particular week. So we mentioned him a few times now with CJ Stroud and now Nico Collins. Dalton Schultz is one of my plays. And again, he's got some incentives. That, again, they're not big incentives in his contract, but they're still big. I mean, for a player like Schultz, he's not the quarterback getting 30, 40 million a year. He needs to go out there and get those, right? And look, this is a good matchup also because Noah Brown looks like he's very iffy for this game, like he's hurting. So they need another target other than Collins without Tank Dell in there. <laughs> look, the Colts have been kind of up and down against the tight end. It's not like they're really great at anything, <laughs> I don't know, defensively, but they just kind of get by. But you mentioned something as well that was interesting. This is the first real quarterback they've seen in weeks. So if there's some zone there that you get Dom Schultz to sit down there, I really like him to produce this week, especially, again, you look at C.J. Stroud, he's going to trust his guys, and those are Collins and Schultz, right? This is a big game. They need to go with the go-to guys that have been there for him all season. Now, Darren Waller really came off last week. I thought he was dead in fantasy. I thought it was over, right? This is the last we're going to see of him. He wasn't going to come back. But you look at the Eagles, they really struggled against him and Daniel Bellinger just a couple weeks ago in that matchup. So 
that bodes well. And then last week, Waller really got going downfield with Tarod Taylor in there. So when you look at Taylor, there's the chemistry, right? We talked about Darius Slayton, Darren Waller, and some of these guys that are the old reliables come through when the veteran quarterback comes in there. So I do like that. The Eagles have been struggling against the tight end all year long. They got a little bit better in the middle of the season, then they got worse again. So I feel great about uh, Dalton Schultz and Darren Waller this week. And look, I, I wish Waller had been healthy all year. We might have been talking about him more as a tight end one. Yeah, I know. It would have been nice to see Waller. I think Waller's pretty much done so, right, in yeah, the NFL. <laughs> like, he might continue to stay here, but for fantasy, he can't really be considered his body's just falling apart. But this is a nicer matchup, and we'll see how much the Giants have a desire to beat up on the Eagles and maybe knock them out of winning that division title if the Cowboys happen to lose. But Schultz is definitely one of the best plays of the week. I'm expecting him to be one of the most expensive ones in DFS, but he might be worth of that pay up right because like you mentioned yeah. all of those top guys are out so you don't want to pay up for mcbride or sam laporta maybe but schultz might be that next best value there because i brought up cj stroud i expect him to have a good game it's going to be stroud nico collins and schultz you would expect to be those top guys in the receiving game so i really like that my two is Jawan Johnson versus the Falcons and Tucker Craft against the Bears. So with Jawan Johnson, I mean, he's just been getting it done, right? He's scoring touchdowns. He has a receiving touchdown in each of the last three games. He has 19 targets over the last two weeks. So it seems like Derek Carr is really leaning on Jawan Johnson. And Derek Carr has been performing better, too. So it's yeah. working. I wouldn't expect him to go away I can't away believe from you that. said that, but I'll take it. I know. I know. I never like to give Derek Carr any credit, but he has been looking a little bit better. And the Falcons are a nice matchup for tight ends, right? Giving up the seventh most fantasy points to tight ends this season. So nice matchup. There's no reason for the targets not to be there. No reason for Carr not to keep leaning on him. So I like this for him. And then Tucker Craft, he's just been a weekly good start. Solid yeah. start. It's not like he has super high upside. Um, but in the Spares matchup, they are giving up the six most fantasy points to tight ends this season. I do expect the Bears to put up points in this game, which means the Packers are going to have to put up points to stay with them. Luke Musgrave didn't end up playing last week, so if he does play this week, there's still going to be up that ramp-up stage, right, for his uh, for his snaps. So I don't expect him to steal too many snaps from Kraft in this game, even if he does play. Jaden Reed is doubtful. Uh, that's going to leave more targets to go around. We'll see if Christian yeah. Watson can go. But six targets in each of the last three weeks. I, I think Kraft is one of the safer plays again. Again, not super high upside, but just a safe play from week to week. Yeah, I mean, remember how much I talked about Juwan Johnson in the preseason? I'm just shocked how little they've used him, right? And part of it is they try to force in Michael Thomas back. And, of course, Michael Thomas got hurt and disappeared, as he usually does. And I thought it would be this trio, right? That they were going to get the ball downfield, but then it got, became checked down city to Alvin Kamara. And then, okay, where's Chris Olave? Where's Rashid Shahid? But once Derek Carr said, I'm going to throw to Olave, I'm going to throw to Shahid, I'm going to throw to Juwan Johnson, <clears throat> be a little bit more confident in my weapons downfield. The production has been there, right? So it's really more about Carr and the way they've schemed up this offense and why Juwan Johnson, I mean, this guy's you look at him, he's big, he's athletic. Why don't they use him a lot more? So I think you saw that down the stretch. So I love that pick by you there. And look, Juwan might be someone we're going to watch next year as well. They probably say goodbye to Michael Thomas at this point. Tucker Craft, you're going to watch him. It could be very much, I think it was very similar where we had, it's going back a while where they had uh, a couple tight ends, Jay Sternberger and Robert Tunyon. We were all on maybe Sternberger being the guy, but Tunyon was the guy for a little bit, right, in their offense. And 
Tucker Craft might be that guy who stays healthy and more productive than Luke Musgrave going forward. So something to look at, but yeah, clearly a lot of trust. And look, if Bo Melton has to be the top wide receiver, they got to throw a lot to Tucker Craft in that game. Now, before uh, we get into our final segment here, we're going to reveal some fades of the week. I'm going to do mine real quick for you guys that I think you're probably going to have to be stuck playing, but I don't love them in DFS or anything this week. And number one is Evan Ingram. He is my fade. The Titans have allowed the fewest fantasy points to tight ends. He only had 25 receiving yards in the first matchup. Now, Evan Ingram has been frustrating. He's had a couple blow-up games with touchdowns, like he always does. Somehow crept his way to 100 receptions, but never dazzling, right? He's there. I just don't like this matchup at all against the Titans. They're just really good at racing this position. It's even happened after uh, they lost to Kevin Byard. So, no, I can't go with Evan Ingram for a high upside game, especially in DFS. And Jake Ferguson, I think he's productive, but he can disappear from the game plan, right? The first matchup, he had one catch for 35 yards against the Commanders. They're actually pretty good against the tight end, but I'm just worried it could be just C.D. Lamb, Brand Cooks are going to get wide open all over the field, downfield, and they don't need Jake Ferguson. So it's more of a fade based on the schematics, and that's really why the Commanders are not good or at wide receiver, you know, they're just okay at everything else. But the, really the numbers say that people are just throwing all the way downfield with wideouts, and that really can hurt tight ends. And we know that's kind of an underrated thing that can happen in some games. Yeah, if you have either of these two guys in, like, say you're still playing Week 18 in your championship, even yeah. rolling with them, I think it's fine to keep rolling yeah. with them. I, I don't – like, the, the matchups are a little bit worrisome, but I'm not going to go too crazy about that and try to grab some off waivers. But in yeah. DFS, I think you're right to pivot off of these guys. Jake Ferguson, the thing is, the Cowboys might have a ton of scoring opportunities, right? So maybe Jake Ferguson could have a two-touchdown game to save yeah. his day. I don't expect a ton of yards, so you're really leaning on touchdowns there. You definitely went bolder than mine uh, because, well, I have Dallas Goddard, and he yeah, has been – <laughs> he's been better as of late. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it took a really long time this year, but he's getting targets. He's getting receiving yards. He got a touchdown last week, finally, for his first since week seven. Uh, but I don't want him in this game because, again, it's not the same situation as the Cowboys. Cowboys win and they're in, right? But they do play at the same time. And if the Co there's a solid chance the Cowboys could be up by, what, 20 points against the <laughs> yeah. commanders in the going into halftime, you know that the Eagles are going to be checking that score. And if, if, if at a point it looks like the Cowboys are just going to destroy the commanders, they could pull out their starters, right? They're just going to rest. They're going to be the fifth seed no matter what if the Cowboys win. So that's my worry about these starters with the Cowboys in this yeah. game. And the the Giants, he did have a solid game against the Giants a couple weeks ago. Seven receptions, 71 yards. You would be super happy with that from any tight end. But the Giants overall this season have been pretty solid against the tight end position. So I don't think this is a great matchup, plus the risk of them ending up yeah. benching their starters in the second half. I I'm not willing to take that risk. And then my second guy, he's ranked pretty high in consensus this week, and that's why I included him. Gerald yeah. Everett against the Chiefs. He is getting targets, but I don't care. They're coming from Easton Stick, <laughs> and they're turning into nothing. I mean, he's getting eight, 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 nine targets over the last four games. That turned into 39, 41, 42, and 31 yards. Like, it's not turning into anything. There's no upside playing him. And, like, th there's just nothing there for him. The Chiefs are very, very good against tight ends all season long. And maybe they rest some of their best defensive starters. But still, it's Easton Stick. I I'm not... I'm not going with Gerald Everett. What's the upside? He has five receptions for 50 yards. Go with anybody else that can offer you something greater. He has, like, what does he have? Three touchdowns all season long and none since week 12. 
No, thank you. Yeah, this is where I have a little bit of problem with like the usage stuff that we get, right? The targets and like the volume. We always say volume is king, but not always, right? It has yeah. to be effective volume. You need to get open and be targeted well. Like if you have an inaccurate quarterback, it doesn't matter if you get targets, right? It's just really bad that we just rely upon that. And that's the only reason you're right that he's ranked that high. Oh, he got eight, nine targets. Great. But if the quarterback's not getting the ball, that's not going to be help us a lot. So I mean, in a lot of cases, yeah, targets are great, but again, we've seen a lot of uh, bad quarterback play out there. So look, and you also look at the numbers, the Chiefs are pretty good against the tight end, and yeah. that's one thing. I think the only reason that you would look at them here, who are they throwing the ball to? It's just Alec Erickson and Gerald Everett at this point. And if the Chiefs kind of say, okay, we're not going to play some of our key safeties and corners that we want are a little bit banged up then there could be some open garbage time in the second half but in terms of straight up wanting to play him he's been boring right he's a guy that you see in the rankings and you're like oh he's is he really going to come through this week and most of the times he doesn't so i don't know i, I wish the chargers would uh, really focus and draft a tight end next year for uh, justin herbert that's i think job one and get that position more involved in the new offense so we'll see how that plays out now We'll have some wacky backups playing for five teams in particular that are sitting players this week. So we'll see if we're going to take a shot in any of these guys. We'll do that in our final segment. Before we do that, I'm going to tell you about another one of our fine sponsors. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. It's the start of a new year. And that means every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. You probably are too. What's the one move I can make that I can take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Look, having the right team combination, all that is important in the NFL and fantasy football. It's very important and critical to your small business. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a fast network of more than million professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified and quality candidates. So easy that in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resource to hire. Thankfully, LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Michelle, it is time to close the show, and we're going to do what we did yesterday. Look at some of these backups that are going to be in action. We know Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz and... Now, Tyler Huntley and Jeff Driscoll and Blaine Gabbard. These are the quarterbacks for these five teams. So knowing that, let's let's go down the line. 49er, let's start with this. Uh, Ronnie Bell, who had uh, one big replacement game early season, and Charlie Warner with Ross Dwelly, Hurt, and uh, George Kittle out. Uh, what do you think? Any of those I'm not, 49ers? <laughs> I'm not touching Charlie Warner, but I think Ronnie Bell's a really nice, sneaky yeah. play in DFS. Sam Darnold and Ronnie Bell had, you know, some practice yeah. time together as backups and had those preseason games together and s- showed a little bit of a connection there. So it, with Juwan Johnson, uh, wait, Juwan Jennings, sorry. Also, <laughs> he's been injured, um, banged up. I would expect yeah. them to sit him as well. 
So Ronnie Bell is going to have to be that dude there. If Ayuk and Debo and Kittle, they're all resting for the majority of the game, at least. I actually really like Ronnie Bell in DFS, but Charlie Warner, I'm not getting cute with. Yeah, Ronnie Bell is a good field stretcher, too. The Rams can give us some big plays, and you figure they're going to rest some of their key defensive players, including Aaron Donald in this game. Now, speaking of the Rams, that's the next team up here. Tyler Higby's banged up. You don't expect him to play. I think they'll be judicious with Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. Carson Wentz isn't there. So <laughs> Davis Allen, Demarcus Robinson, tight end wide receiver. I, I guess you'd have to feel a little bit better about Demarcus, given that he's been productive anyway. Yeah, DeMarcus has been on fire, right? He's getting so many targets last two weeks, 82 yards and a touchdown, and then 92 yards last week. I mean, he's doing his thing. I wouldn't expect them to worry about resting him too much. Uh, So Carson Wentz is going to have to throw to someone. I like that. And the last time Davis Allen without Tyler Higby, he had a pretty solid game four receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. So you you could do worse than Davis Allen. If you need to go super cheap in DFS or you need someone off waivers this week, I think Davis Allen is an option. I would see no reason why Tyler Higby would play. Suffered a dislocated shoulder last week. They're not playing really for anything too important here. Six or seven seed. So I wouldn't imagine Higby's in. So I like both of these guys, Davis Allen and Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, that's a good call, especially 49ers could be be careful with like Fred Warner, and he's kind yeah. of the tight end eraser. So that's something to look at there. Now, the Ravens. Now, I had uh, – you had Charlie Collard there, and I had to add Odell Beckham Jr. here because, look, I don't think Zay Flowers is going to play. Odell has some weird incentives on his contract. Of course, he has to go bonkers in this game to get it, but they, I think they might try at least, and uh, we'll see with Tyler Huntley. So – I don't think I'm interested in this other Charlie either, but OBJ, I think I would take a shot. What's interesting is if you're playing like prize picks or DFS or something, I would like the touchdown for Colaire if you're able to put a bet on that because Huntley has seven passing touchdowns in his career. Five of those seven have gone to either Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, or Charlie Colaire. Which is yeah. kind of, so five to seven went to a tight end. Clearly, Huntley likes his tight end position. The most targets he has in his career by a massive chunk uh, is Mark Andrews with 87. Uh, Marquise Brown is second at 39. So massive there that he just loved to go to Mark Andrews. So I think he will look for his tight end position. And the Steelers are incredibly weak over the middle. They don't have any inside linebackers worth even naming because they're all injured. So incredibly weak over the middle. I, I like Charlie Collaire to have a, a touchdown in this game and possibly some nice uh, receiving yards as well. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, good uh, analysis there with the uh, touchdown. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Ravens are going to have to throw to somebody. I think there's a chance both of these guys could score one on a big play, one on a short play. And Tyler Huntley, not a bad streamer this week, given he's been a super sub for Lamar Jackson in the past. Now, Cleveland is a little bit trickier, right? It's their fifth starting quarterback. That's right, five starting quarterbacks for the Browns. They really wanted to make that happen here. So I'm not sure what you're going to get from Jeff Driscoll. I have no idea. I mean, you have P.J. Walker and Dorian Thompson-Robinson. They were at least on a team. Like, I I don't see him becoming Joe Flacco coming off the couch and being good. And I don't know what his chemistry is with any of these guys, Cedric Tillman and Harrison Bryant. Now, on paper, Harrison Bryant, I think, is the play here. I don't know if I can trust any of the wide receivers, though. Yeah, Harrison Bryant would be the play for me as well. Again, you're just looking at Jeff Driscoll's uh, prior usage of players, among all players that Driscoll has targeted in his career, CJ Uzama, who's a tight end, leads them all, right? It, it, it's a small sample size, probably doesn't really matter. It's Jeff Driscoll. I'm not 
trusting anybody else on this Browns team, but Harrison Bryant is an option if you're desperate, but I would rather go with Charlie Collier or Davis Allen. So if you already have those options in DFS that are cheap, there's really no reason to get cute with Harrison Bryant. Yeah. We've given you some good options there. If you're going to fade Ingram or Ferguson or Goddard or which I would Everett. not fade Ingram or Ferguson for Harrison Bryant. I'll say that. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> but if you are, and you yeah. want to get some cheap, I mean, these are cheap guys, right? I mean, you have to look at the value that you're going to get. If you're going to pay up for this, may be a great week, right? To punt at tight end, save some money and pay up at the positions where, you know, the guys are going to be after it and put up some points. So something to consider there. Now I actually like both of these next guys, this last team we're on the chiefs. I actually think they're both going to produce this week based on the kind of matchup is so good against the chargers that playing Gabbert and the scheme is going to be good. So Richie James and Noah Gray. I think these guys are basically the poor man's version of Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey this week. So you figure if the offense runs through these two positions, the slot and the tight end, you'd see some production here. So I actually like both of them. Really cheap, though. Not really high upside plays, though. Yeah, and I maybe Rasheed Rice even plays. Did they say yeah. yet if they're benching him? I mean, he's a rookie. They'll be careful, you know. yeah. Yeah, they'll probably be careful. But Noah Gray definitely is a solid option here. He's been getting targets as well. Again, like these backup quarterbacks like their tight ends. So again, Blaine Gabbert's number one target in his career was Mercedes Lewis, another tight end. Yeah. Like there's there's a, a pattern here. Backup tight ends like – or backup quarterbacks like tight ends. Backup so I, I like Noah yes. Gray. And Richie James <laughs> – Richie James is kind of like a Greg Dorch play where it feels like it's yeah. kind of safe. He's going to get targets and some receptions, maybe not a lot of yards on those receptions, but I, I this matchup is great against the chargers. Yeah. I think the Chiefs should have used these guys a lot more. I mean, I think they're both talented. Their offense was struggling. Why wouldn't you give these guys more of an opportunity, but I don't know, maybe it's just the thing where they're stuck and they're kind of stuck with like, okay, this guy plays this position. So we can't really play this guy behind him, that kind of thing. And that's one thing that kind of hurts the Chiefs sometimes with their personal looks, but this will be a chance to get these guys going. Maybe some of these guys inspire and say, Hey, we might want to use them in the playoffs a little bit more in certain matchups. So a lot of good stuff there on this wide receiver and tight end ranking show. We'll look at some flexes, some deep sleepers and some prize picks, picks of the week. They're to close the week of shows tomorrow for this edition of locked on fantasy football. This has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye y'all.